You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> Welcome to Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Anna Tigre is with me again today, my gorgeous wife. She's been away. You missed a couple shows. Did I? Doing kid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been working hard on getting all of them on a good routine so I can come back. Well, it's nice to I'm have you back. I'm back. It's nice to have you back. We haven't had a <laughs> podcast for a little while. Uh, today's show is brought to you by blessedbodywear.com. There's some new stuff you just designed. Do you mm -hmm. want to talk about those scrunchy butt shorts? No. Those things are hot. Stop it. They are. But you're not supposed to talk about them <laughs> okay, yet. Okay, <laughs> they're not out yet. They're, they're in production this week, actually, but they're, they're going to be out next week, right? Blessedbodywear.com. There you go. Look for the awesome for, scrunchy butt shorts. Wait for the newsletter. <laughs> that could be a snack food. Squat. Scrunchy butt shorts. <laughs> Stop it. Maybe not shorts, right? Uh, and also by Silver Bullet Anti-Aging, mm -hmm. Susie Bell, and her hormone replacement therapy. And honestly- Save us. Yeah. It, <laughs> we, we would have had a hard time getting through our last couple months had it not been for our dear friend, Susie. And the, the newest and most exciting sponsor in my mind- <laughs> <laughs> What well, gets me through my day? <laughs> Blackbean.coffee. The Black Bean Coffee Company. Blackbean.coffee. I'm that's, so proud of you. That's our new business. That's- uh, Kind of a bit, a bit of a story there. You know, we God put it on my heart a couple of years ago to look into the thing, into the coffee business, because it was something that fascinated me. And um, it didn't make sense back then. Then through all of this, uh, the quarantine and all like that, it did make sense. And uh, it was praying about it one night at work, because mm -hmm. I was working all night as a, as a security guard. And it came to me that I should look into the coffee thing again. And six weeks later, I shipped my first order, so... It's pretty exciting. People, yeah, people, I, I, I'm so proud of you for, you know, listening to that calling. Mm -hmm. It really, I, I remember two years ago when you told me, I'm, I'm feeling that I should be getting in a coffee business. God, God is talking to me and I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> sure enough, you know, you took the time to learn about it and, um, and now people are getting their orders and they absolutely love it. And we, we, you helped me find uh, an amazing roaster, and and I think that's been the answer to it all. Like it, that was the whole thing. I didn't want to just a coffee, sell coffee snob. I, you know what I mean. Like if you're gonna get in a coffee business, you know that having me <laughs> as your number one tasting is that a job? You're, it is tasting actually for some expert? people. It is. It's a job. For some people it is, is a job for me. If you have Amazon Prime, go uh, look for the documentary called Caffeinated. Right. There's actually a lady on there that has been a taster for 38 years. Hey. From India. I never knew that. Could uh, you could get that career. job. That could be your career. You'd be wide awake all the time. But uh, yeah. So we're. So blackbean.coffee is officially a sponsor of mm -hmm. the Good Lad Unscripted podcast. Uh, I wanted to talk today about change. My least favorite thing. Your least favorite thing. <laughs> and see, I don't mind change so much. I, I, I actually, when I get into a routine and everything's just, you know, the same script every day, Groundhog Day. You don't like it. No, I just, I'm always looking for something. It's to interesting get into. because for me, I'm not one of those people, like just look at my life story. You know, I moved away from Brazil. Like I moved Three to three different states in the U.S. while I've been here. Baby, I, your life has been anything but routine. Exactly. Yet, I don't like the change. 
I don't like change. But you don't fight it. But I know when it's needed, mm-hmm. you know, so I know I'm like, okay, things need to change. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I like it. Things I admire that about you though, because I know other people that are just like, no, this is what I'm doing. This is yeah. what my dad did. My grandfather did and 50 yeah. grandfathers. I know a lot of people like that yep, too. Not changing, you know? Right. And, and it's like, wow, you know, you're missing out. And, and you've always embraced it. Even I would say willingly, cause you really, you don't resist it. It's just that it is always hard. It's uncomfortable, yes. And I mean, during this quarantine, we've had so much change. Well, let's look at the last, whatever it's been, since March. Mm-hmm. Okay, we everything went into quarantine. Yep. We had a very, very healthy, successful, long-time, decade-old business yep. that got buried, yep. you know, because uh, no revenue. Still had to pay all the bills, but no right. revenue. Right. Um, of all things, like my photography, that ended too. I couldn't book any photo shoots. Right. We weren't selling fitness wear. Uh, Elaine was staying with us uh, because she couldn't travel. She got kind of stuck here, which wasn't the end of the world because she could help out and right. it was kind of fun having family together. But she wasn't doing makeup. And Crystal just graduated uh, school uh, with honors. Yeah. Um, and hadn't found a job yet. Couldn't <laughs> find a job. So there's all these adults in the house. Right. And, and all the kids and no income. Yep. And, and that so, was a big change. <laughs> that was a big change. So we had, to, we went through that. Yeah. We went through, we adopted the girls. Yep. Uh, we're in the process of adopting Crystal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole came, uh, our, to our latest our addition family. to the family. Yeah. He's came, come Already to six weeks. Yeah. It's been six wow, weeks. Wow, really? Yes. And uh, we started a coffee company. Um, we're about to kick off the magazine. It's, it's been a lot of change. I started homeschooling. You started homeschooling, yeah. It's been an awful lot of change. Yeah. And so even for a guy that likes change, um, <laughs> I, I like a change, but I don't like when the foundation gets shaken. And, and then there's all the change in the world that has been happening. I yeah. mean, you know, it, uh, there truly there are days where, I mean, we've, at the end of the day, I remember coming to you and say, I feel just yucky. Yeah. You know, I just, and you're like, what's going on? I said, you know, it's just all this unknown. And, you know, my parents, I talked to them, they are in their 80s, they are quarantined in the house and, you know, what's going to happen to them? And they're like, there's just so much unknown. And I, and I think that most or all people listening to this can relate to well it's everything i mean it's everything it's, we knew it's gone yeah, and now it's now it's protests that are turning into riots and cities are being destroyed and right. you know people are going to defund the police and and for a lot of people that's pretty scary i think even the people that are asking for the defunding the police when they realize what that means uh you know there a few of them have been backing up on that and then the, the other thing for me is you know i'm not the kind of a person probably that would be on social media if it were not for business. Right. But also I've got, well, both of us have got so many friends around the country and around the globe, really. Yeah. Friends and And family. That's how we keep in touch. Right. And, and it's hard to go. You can't be on Facebook for five minutes and, it's it's so toxic. It's hard. Yeah. And it's just really, really good people that, that don't normally, they're clearly at the end of their rope. Yes. You know and, I mean? and I, I can relate because I'm not one to 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 go to social social media to debate things and no. you know, um, but I've caught myself 
try, you know, like liking things or, or starting posting things and I'm, getting I made very, a couple uh, posts I deleted. Yeah, <laughs> getting very upset about something. And it's just because, like you said, you know, when you are at the end of your rope, when your nerves are so raw, then something comes up and then you, you, you see somebody, you know, if, if you oppose this or if you are for that, you know, unfriend me. And, and I'm going, oh my gosh, like these people yeah, are actually- you don't think exactly how I think and feel exactly how I feel, unfriend me. Yes, and yeah. so for them, for even like for that person, and I started changing my view. And these view. are some very, some of these people are very educated, very tolerant people. It's well, just, I think everybody's kind of, if it's anything like it's been for us, and now again, I enjoy the change, yeah. but I don't like the unsureness of, is our business going to survive? Are we going to be able to pay rent? Now, sure, everybody- gives you a pass on utilities and like that until June. That's how it worked here. <laughs> right. And then on June, the <laughs> full amount, for, no, no, you're not making any money in that time, uh -huh. but the full amount is due that they sort of, okay, you, you don't know. You, we'll talk again in June. Well, when June comes, everything you vote for the last three months it's is due. due that day. And right. if not, they're going to cut you off. Right. So where's that money supposed to come from? So it's just like, they, they didn't really do you any favors. No. You know, because you need another month to start earning money. And, you know, we've, <laughs> it's been a scramble. And for some people, I know people that have lost their houses. I know yes. they lost their cars. They lost their businesses. Yes. Their marriages. Their marriages. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese is apparently going to go under. And, and right. there's a few others. And and so it's just been a, a really, really devastating time for a lot of people. We've had a lot of change. Uh, but I mean this, and we've got what I consider to be a very strong marriage, but this even tested our marriage mm -hmm. at first, mm -hmm. you know, because there was so much change and we're tripping over each other and you, you can't get away from those minor little differences that fester and become big differences. Sure. And uh, I think that saved us was we sat down and talked about it. Right. Early on. Right. Just said, okay, this isn't how we do things. You know, tell me what's wrong. What are you feeling? And then yep. I'll tell you what's wrong with me. And, and what it is is basically, and whether I think what your complaint is is a big deal or not, it's a big deal to you. So it's a big deal to me. And it needs to be a big deal to me. I don't minimize it, right? Sure. And so that's how we got through that. And we solved that problem literally in one night's, it was a long night, but it, we a long night of talking. Yeah. And we've never looked back. Yeah. You know, and but for a lot of people, they're not that fortunate or I some of the issues are deeper. A lot of people that are breaking up and oh my gosh. moving out, you know, just all right now and st starting to open up again. I mean, here in Nevada, we're on phase two, I think. Yeah. Um, and so instead of like, it's almost like people are breaking free from everything, right. you know? And, uh, and all the places that you would go, like we can't even go to church. I can go to Walmart. <laughs> but I can't go to church. Right. You know, and so the church is a big deal for me. Yes. You know, it's, that's my. And it is for a lot of people. where you gather. That's, you know, biblically wherever you, you know, you're supposed to get together like that. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so it's things like that get taken away. The gym gets taken away. These are things that we always do. Going shopping gets taken mm -hmm. away. You know, I can mm -hmm. go shopping at Walmart. Mm -hmm. I can go at Target. I can go to, um, I don't know what else. I can go to the pot store. <laughs> yeah, I can exactly. go to the pot yeah. store. I can go to the stripper store. I think I can go buy a vibrator, but I can't go to church. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And so there's uh, is, is a kind of an odd mix of things, but but it, and and even that causes stress. Mm -hmm. Like, why can I go here, but I can't go there? You know, and and so there's just so much 
Discord. And then again, Facebook was a place that I used to go and catch up with people. Mm-hmm. And now you, no matter what you post, somebody's got something to say about something. And if you don't see it their way, either you're a racist or you're an idiot or you're, yes. you know, it, it's just, it's really gotten ugly. And so it, it's, it's hard. And now I'm fine with it because when I've reached my limit, which is probably the first five minutes on the, on the toilet in the morning, <laughs> and that's my limit for the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, I just, I just walk away from it. We started doing this cause it got to be where, um, both of us were very snippy at home Yeah, and we were short with the kids and we had a talk with it. I remember the day yeah. it was one day yeah. and it was an anomaly. And I said, listen, I know what I've got to do yeah. is I'm looking at this stuff and I'm getting angry. And then I'm closing it and I'm going on about my day, but I'm still angry. Right. And you told me, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, so we any, just limited our time. Anytime you see injustice in any way, yeah. you know, or anything perceived as, um, like you made a good point. Um, I always take the kids to various different parks and playgrounds around town. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in phase two. So they started to open up where before we would just go play in the field. And so today I want, I went to one place where the playground, there's yellow tape around, but the bathrooms are open. And then you go to another one where the playground's open, but the bathrooms are closed. And it's like, yeah, that those little frustrations throughout the day, you don't see them adding up, but they do, you know? Well, you get in the vehicle and I mean, even without that, now it's gotten better now, but but during quarantine, you know, we'd leave the house and all of a sudden Quamaine says he's got to pee. Yeah. Where do you take him? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's there's a lot of little things, you know, and then you go. Some places didn't want you in their store with kids, with yes. little kids. Yes. And if they did, everybody had to mask. They had to put them, that's like herding cats, putting four masks on four little toddlers, you know. Um, and and um, so it's, it's yeah. just a lot of stress. Yes. I deal with it. I know how I deal with it. Want, How do you deal with it? Well, no, I want to. Talk, I want to ask you. I want to put it over <laughs> to you. How do you deal with it? Because I know you don't handle change well. Yeah. And there's a lot of change here. Yeah. A lot of change in our life. Now, I, I, there's some people that didn't have the amount of change we had. There's a lot of them had a lot worse. There's three people that I know on social media that have committed suicide during this whole thing. Well, I was going to say, you know, we, we can't even compare that to people that lost loved ones. Right. We're and, talking about finding a bathroom for a toddler. Right. right. Uh, so there's no comparisons, but um, for me, I think it was last week or the week before. And, and when Cole joined us, it was one of the happiest, you know, it was it was one of the happiest things that ever happened because I knew that our family was complete. It was uh, something God spoke to me a long mm-hmm. time ago. He was coming, so it was a miracle. But all with all that is going on, and then on top of that, I lost everything that I had under control. So the three kids I had under control, now they're all out of control. Yep. The schedule's out of control. And, and then after a couple of weeks, I became out of control myself. And I, I realized that nothing was, like I, I wasn't grounded anywhere. And what I had to start doing is take a step away from social media and find the things that, it's how about, how they make you feel. Right. And so for me was, I started doing my devotions 
early in the morning before the kids wake up is the only time I can actually do it and absorb anything. Um, and trying to find topics and focus and even dreams that bring me to a positive place. Mm -hmm. You know, like you and I start daydreaming, you know, about an RV, like let's go RV with the kids. We don't know if that's gonna happen or when or how, but you know, it's it's a dream because we as a nation, we kind of stopped dreaming during this time. Mm -hmm. Everybody's afraid. You know, what's going to happen? Nobody has any control over what's going to happen. Um, when you get to that point, you treat your loved ones very unfairly, mm -hmm. you know, because you're raw. And so I had to take a big step away from that, you know. F and then I started exercising again, which I had completely stopped and neglected. I, I dislike working out in the garage when it's hot. You know, it was working out okay when it wasn't so, so hot. Um, and honestly, um, anything like if I go on social media and I see too many people posting articles that are even the stuff that I agree with, mm -hmm. they can bring out, you know, just heightened emotions. And I and I know I have to just close it up and step away. You know, I, I started calling my mom every day because she doesn't have anybody to talk to and start planting that seed, like just find people and things to pour myself into help others. You know, uh, there's a, a foster group I'm a part of. So I try to encourage people there and bless others with items and whatever I could do to bring other people up because I was complaining and this is how it works. I was complaining about handling four kids and da 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 da. And then I, a foster mom stopped by to pick up a few items and she just got a preemie out of the hospital and she has six kids under seven. And that's how God humbled me. And mm -hmm. she's a year older than me. So all of my excuses were gone, <laughs> you know? And I think, I think that as human beings, we tend to feel sorry for ourselves. And when we find ourselves either fearful or feeling sorry for ourselves, that's the time to take a big step back and be like, okay, what more can I do? Not less. Right. You know, where can I make a difference? I can't, I can't change our governor's mind about phases of you can't reopening. can't change what's going to happen in Washington or California no, or Minnesota. I, or I can't change all the laws that are passing or not mm -hmm. passing. Um, but I can make somebody else's day better. Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's how I found my balance. You know, reaching out to people that, I think maybe, how are they doing? Just reach out and say, hey, how are you doing? And you would be amazed to realize that people are going through a lot and sometimes they just need somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. And it, when you give, you, you, you appreciate what you have more, mm -hmm. you know? And you can have very little, but you know what? Somebody else would love to have what you have. I feel like I am a lot more centered this week than I've been. And that's kind of how, how I did it. For me, it was, it's a little bit different. And, and again, I think going back, my, my growing up, you had a very stable home. And when there was change, it was never good. You know, yeah. like Brazil has been through in your lifetime. Oh, yeah. 
you know, we think this is a political uproar. Oh my gosh. Right. You know, and, and uh, where they basically, uh, at one point, I can't remember what I, I want to say in the seventies, I want to say 76, but I think that might be wrong. Your dad was talking about, but anyway, you told me as well that there was a time when they just froze all the bank accounts. You couldn't get your money out and everybody's oh, allotted a certain amount. Yeah, that it, was it. that was in the, it was early 80s because mm-hmm. I was very young. Yeah. yeah, and just woke up one day and all of a sudden all the money you had in the bank wasn't mm-hmm. yours anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, they changed the currency and mm-hmm. everybody gets a certain amount of currency and that's it. Boom. Yeah. And so all your life savings are gone. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, there was that, that's kind of, you know, so change in your life uh, has usually come along with something very negative. Mm-hmm. In my life, change oftentimes meant something positive, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, I don't see it as a negative thing. I know that I'm going to be okay. I know that I can roll through this, you know, it's just finding a way now just to get through the day and make sure that I'm at my best that's what I try to do. And so, you know, the working out regularly, eating properly, you know, just getting into that routine of these are things I have to do anyway. So I'm not going to start eating burgers and fries every meal just because it's quarantine, right? So what it is, is, you know, started eating better, you know, making, making sure he's on. And then go back to those routine things. Again, Facebook and social media was one of those things that I kind of lost. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I understand because I've got, perfectly unradicalized people that making these posts, it's like this definitive, okay, everybody shut up and listen to me. Here's how I'm going to solve the problem. Yes. That's everybody posting that now. Right. So, so you're not solving anything. And, and I started to go that direction because I just got fed up. Everybody's fed up. Yes. Right. And, and, and then I deleted a, a you know, I started making some posts I never posted and I deleted a couple that I did make. Yeah. And cause I just realized you're not, you're not, nothing's changing. Mm-hmm. You know, how you change things is to put out something positive, be a better example. You're not going to change anybody's mind because everybody is trying to change everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. So you just become more of the noise. Uh, and so I just got away from that and just kind of got back to doing things like this podcast you know, mm-hmm. and doing videos and doing the stuff that we love to do because that I can control. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, I think for me, is just that routine, you know, uh, really, really circle the wagons around our family, um, giving stability to our kids at a very unsure time like this uh, is a very gratifying thing, mm-hmm. you know, to look at them and we can feel, you know, all this fear. I, I have an analogy that I've given to you probably a thousand times, but the first house I ever bought, I built the subfloor in this house. And so I'm the foreman of the crew. So I know everything is going on, everybody, you know, until I'm booming along here, putting down the subfloor and I hit my thumb with the hammer. And at that point in time, nothing else existed other than my thumb. I could care less if somebody else burst into flames or whatever. Yeah. My thumb was the only thing that mattered on the planet. And that's a really, really good analogy for discomfort. The higher the level of discomfort, the less and less we pay attention, we to, pay others. attention to others. Yes. And really, I think pumping the brakes and just stopping, forget your discomfort and make somebody else's day better. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff we can't control. Yep. I can't control what a judge does what a cop does or what a protester does, or, you know, I I can't control that or God forbid a politician. You you just can't control that. You can Mm -hmm. only do what you can do. And so what can I do? What's within my sphere of influence? Yes. The work that I do, 
how I care for myself, how I care for my family, and how I care for my friends and the people that are out there. Those mm. are the things I can control. And so focusing, you know, shifting the focus back onto all of that mm-hmm. has really made it. And my goal when this quarantine started was I promise you, I am coming out on the other end of this in a lot better position than I was going in. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, you know, when everybody was freaking out about quarantine, I'm going, are you kidding me? If somebody told me two months ago that Terry, you're going to have three months to just sit at home and do whatever the heck you want mm-hmm. and, you know, not have to worry about anything in the world other than the world, <laughs> uh, you know, you can do whatever you want. What would you do with that time? Well, I wouldn't be watching Jerry Springer. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't even Jerry Springer is a thing anymore. I don't think, I think so. I just dated myself. <laughs> <laughs> Google Gary, uh, Jerry Springer if you don't know what that is. But uh, it was just really use that time to b- do something better. And, and, you know, God gave it, put it on my heart to start a coffee business. And we got a coffee business. Uh, Blessed Bodywear is going through a complete makeover and a facelift and everything like that. That's going to come out. The magazine, uh, Model Body Magazine is going to come out. Very, very shortly. That's almost ready. Um, our family is stronger. My marriage is stronger. The only thing that isn't, I guess, is me physically. I just busted my ribs. Gosh. Such a stupid thing. <laughs> Playing with my with my son, Kumain. And he's like, this kid is like, runs like a gazelle. He's so fast. And so he's trying to run away from me. I'm trying to catch him. And I caught him, picked him up, and then tripped on something. I think it was his legs. Yeah. And I'm going to go down and... I was going to land on top of him and squash him. So I rotated and landed on my side. And I know I've got at least one busted rib and I've got two other questions. Right when you started working out again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I know because I, I, you can feel when you squeeze it, when you push on it, you can feel it's kind of squishy. And then when I sneezed last night in bed, I could feel it. Then you could feel it move. Right. So I I know. It's been a long time since you broke anything. So yeah, it's been a few months. (laughs) At least. Well, this is my fourth time I broke my ribs, but this time there's three spots that are kind of tender. So, but um, yeah, so now I'm kind of, again, that's changed because I just started working out uh, because the gym's opened here and now I can't train. And so today I got Crystal and I says, come on, we're going for a walk. So go for a walk. And then I'm thinking, okay, all right, I'm going to get this magazine done, get that out. I'm going to get this done, this done. So I've got a whole bunch of other plans because I'm not going to let this slow me down. And that's kind of how I approach, I think, any difficulty or hardship is I'm not going to let it beat me. I'm going to kick its butt. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to stand up and shake a fist at me, watch this, you know. And, and that's always been my approach is I have no problem being the underdog. And uh, the problem is, is that I become a little bit insensitive sometimes because I'm just happy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm I don't acknowledge that maybe you're not so happy, you know? Because uh, for me, I just can't understand why change is so hard, you know? Because for me, it's an awesome thing. It's an opportunity, right? And and so I got to pump my brakes every every now and again and. You know, what do you need? You know, are, are you okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, and try not to be too chipper about it, you know, so that I, th- th- does that make it hard on you when I'm, when I'm, cause I get really focused on stuff and I'm grinding it out. And like with this coffee thing, there's a massive learning curve and, and lots of work. And so I'm not going with you to the park with the kids and I'm not doing stuff like that. Does that make it harder on you? No, I I think with us, you know, we have a pretty good understanding and, you know, it's 
I I am with the kids full time now with four of them. You know, it is more than a full time job in school and schooling them and all like that. And then obviously have a new job. So at that part, it doesn't affect me. But I think uh, the biggest disconnect with any uh, couple, you know, a man and a woman is that a lot of times men and women process their feelings differently. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm feeling something and I want to process it by talking about it, you know, and you are in the middle of your day, like I already know that's not the time to bring it up, but you, you asked me and you want me to bring up anything that is on my mind. But if I do, you just want to, you know, give me a perspective and move on. And it doesn't work like that for right. women. Right. And any man knows that because that's the disconnect. Well, some guys don't. What? Some guys don't know that. They don't know that? They do now. They do now. If they're listening, <laughs> they know, right? <laughs> so it, it's, it's just a different thing. And I think, you know, a friend of mine said the other day, well, that's why you have your girlfriends, you know, to talk talk things out. And I don't completely agree with that because I think that if you have such a division between your partner and your girlfriends and there are topics that you only talk to mm -hmm. with your girlfriends, you start to build a wall. Like you start to go separate ways. And then pretty soon you only discuss five topics with your husband and then everything else. So you discuss with your friends. Um, for me, I rather talk I have friends that I talk to that mm -hmm. would discuss the same objects, but the, the same subjects, uh, subjects <laughs> sorry. Um, but what I need, and I think you eventually you come around, is just process my feelings through talking. And so sometimes as we're talking- I think talking, I've gotten better at that because you've told me about that before. You have just, gotten much I, better about that. I know that. sometimes uh, because again, for me, I'm a problem solver. Right. So flop this on my plate, I'll dice it up and eat it and move on, right? Yeah. And and you like to go around and now when you say process or I couldn't can it Canadian guy process the feelings. If when you want to process that, it's just talking about it, talking about it. It's not solving it, it's just talking about it. And so to me, that just increases my stress level because I, I can see a very simple solution to this. Yeah. And the whole thing is, is you don't care if it gets solved. You just want to process it. And this is what I've come to understand. And I think I've gotten better at just listening. Although because sometimes, and, and I, the simple solution doesn't work when I'm not there yet. The problem is, the problem is when I do that and I go, oh yeah, and oh, sweetheart, that's that's horrible. You know, when I do that, it sounds condescending, and then sometimes you just laugh at me <laughs> because, because you think I'm not. But I'm just trying to like be there for me. Like everything in everything, everything is breathing and absorbing nutrients in my body. My whole being is just like this is simple. Do this. A B equals C. Done. Boom. Let's move on. Yeah. But I, I. Oh, I almost said something really bad. I was going to say it's like talking to one of the kids, but it's not like talking to one of the kids. It's just... Oh my gosh. Well, no, it's just that, you know... I'm going to go now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just... it's just I, I see this solution to the problem, but you want to process the emotions. And for me, that's not an emotional problem. And I think that's the difference. 
It's for me, it's not an emotional problem. It's a like business, for instance. Business is just a series of problems and solutions. And if you get emotional with every problem, you're you're never going to make it to the end of the day without without yeah, losing it. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think you know. I agree with you. And I think that's why guys have a tendency to do that because they just don't want to do the emotional part. Because usually that means we put our foot down, we get angry, raise our voices, because now that's how we express emotion. You know, I'm not going to sit there and start crying at the injustice of something. Right. It's like, who is this jerk? You know, I'm going to call him. I'll go over and sort him out, you know, but you don't start, oh my God, you yelled at my wife. You know, you don't start crying. You might be crying, but I wouldn't do it that way. And so I think that's the difference too, is that, uh, you know, I know, I know how I process things and I know what my limitations are. So if somebody said something rude to you and you were telling me about it, like that's happened before where somebody says something in a grocery store, you know, you've had, when you were with Quamaine, you've had women give you a hard time about him just because he's Mm African-American. Other African-American women giving you a hard time about this little boy because you're not treating him right or whatever. That happened twice at Sprouts. Because his hair wasn't right. Right. (laughs) Not that I wasn't treating him right. His hair wasn't right. Right. And they they want, and at that time, we legally couldn't do anything about his hair. Mm -hmm. So it just had to be the way it was. And of course, they feel like it's their right to chew you out. I I get upset about it right now. Mm -hmm. And that happened years ago. But I look at something like that and I go, now I want to go with you to Sprouts next time because if somebody does that, I'm going to handle it differently. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And so I try to stay away from that, try to avoid it, you know, and so I'll just come up with a solution to the problem. But understanding how you process things, I believe, I know in myself, I've gotten a lot better at just listening because I understand now how your head works and what you need. And so I don't have a problem going there. Yeah. But when you come with a problem, it seems to me like you're, it's like, Katie, daddy, you know, put my shoe on or my shoe won't work, you know, and I would never go, well, honey, you know, I'm sorry, your shoe doesn't work, sweetie. You know, no, so he sit down, daddy will fix it for you. You know, that's what daddy does. Right. And so that's what men traditionally do is they are presented problems and they solve them. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like I'm failing you if I'm not trying to solve your problem for you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of guys and the guys that I talk to, that's generally a feeling that they have is that, that, you know, then why are you telling me this if you don't want me to solve it? Like it doesn't compute, Mm -hmm. you know, because we don't process things the same way. Right. And thank God we don't. Well, everybody thinks that their way, it makes more sense. Right. And what always helps is when you say, I just need you to listen to me. Mm-hmm. I just got to process this and I do that. And, oh, okay. This is easy. You know, cause what I do is I shut off my brain. I don't feel like I'm supposed to come up with a solution. I, this is a 15 minute or three hour coffee break for me. Right. I just have to sit here and listen. And that's now that I've learned to do that, it's actually an easier thing to do. I, I don't know if I've gotten better from your perspective. Let's be honest. I thought it, I was being honest. I'm not the one that talks very much. So when I talk, <laughs> Who here talks the most? Who here talks the loudest? (laughs) Me. (laughs) Yes, I do talk more than you do. Right. Mm -hmm. So, bringing myself to communicate and... I'm talking less now. (laughs) (laughs) To communicate. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's the thing is that man traditionally um they they 
solve things with very little words, right? And so- An economy of words. Right. And so women are different because mm -hmm. it's, it's not just about the problems, it's about all the feelings the, the problem sparks. Right. Until you solve those feelings, it's still gonna it feel the same way. You can solve the problem, but the until the feelings go away, that woman is gonna act exactly the same way. And that's what, that's the disconnect. Mm -hmm. Because guys can shut off their feelings very easily and women can, we are very emotional beings. And so I can see, you know, when you give me a solution to the problem, I can see the solution but the feelings haven't gone away, so I can try to stuff them away, but I'm still gonna be acting weird because I'm still feeling yeah. that way. And, and see, that's perfectly logical. It's perfectly logical when you explain it, you've explained it to me, and it has helped me immensely. For me, everybody's a Simpsons character, okay? So once somebody starts opening their mouth, either they're Homer Simpson or they're, you know, Ned Flanders or they're, you know what I mean? And they just become that character. And so I just inside my head, I'm, you know, the, the meter is on and I'm, how long am I going to listen to Ned Flanders go on about this? How much, how much free rent does Ned Flanders get in my head? And that's what I do is I just go, okay. And, and they get cut off and I move on to the next thing because I don't get that day back. But when it's my wife, she gets as much time as she needs. You see what I mean? It's just I didn't understand what you wanted me to do. Now I understand it because I understand how you process events and things like that. And that's not even remotely close to the way I do. Right. To me, everybody is a Simpsons character. That's the best way to put it. Actually, my daughter Charity brought that up. And, and it's been the, it's been the, the de-stressor of, of the century for me. Uh, because everybody was either a nice guy or a complete jerk. And so do I just walk away from this guy? Do I call him a name? Do I give him the finger? Do I kick him in the knee? You know, what, what do I do? Right. Uh, what's his punishment going to be before I send him off? Uh, you know what I mean? And now it's just like, okay, you're just a Simpsons character. You're this guy and this is what you do. And I, you're, 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 de you're dealt with, you know what I right, mean? Right, and you just move so on. So they just don't them. get the, they just don't get the free space in your head, mm -hmm. you know? They're, they're just, that's just Ned Flanders, you know? Yeah. That's what Ned does. He's just being Ned. Um, with you, it's different because you're my wife. And so I really, really want to understand how you process things and why so that I can do the right thing so you feel loved and comfortable and so that you get to process you. I get to process my stuff you know, you, why shouldn't you be able to get to process yours? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we have a thing in our family where we don't make fun of each other because of our gender differences. Right. And we understand, like, if I wanted to be married to a dude like me, I'd be with a dude like me. I wouldn't be with a woman. So this is what women are like. You know, if you're going to go buy a Chev truck, it's different than a Ford truck. And so just understand the capabilities of that vehicle and understand the capabilities of that person. And then learn how get the manual out this is the guy talking now get the manual out and understand how the vehicle works right because it goes the other way around just the same you know like women love to complain about oh my gosh yes their husbands and how they are different than we are and you know you make decisions that make absolutely no common sense um but that's like for example you were a cop 
mm-hmm. right? And you're a SWAT cop. Mm-hmm. So when you are stressed, right? The first thing you do, you go into that mode that is that, that you're trained for, right? So you focus on something and you forget to drink water, you forget to eat meals, you forget, like, that makes zero sense to me. Like less than zero, because what happens at the end of the day, you didn't eat a thing, like when you finish that thing and then you're done, Mm -hmm. because you're dehydrated, you didn't eat and you know, but you are never gonna change. You might get better, you might improve, but, but that's, always... my fight, that's my fight or flight, right? right Mine right. is always fight. And so you don't do it on a full stomach and you don't worry about a drink of water if somebody's <laughs> coming through your front door, right? And that's my point. I think every person, like every woman, every man, now every man is different, every woman is different, but as a general rule, there's you know ways that women process things, ways that men handle things. and. Um, if you want everybody to be like you, you're never going to be happy in a relationship. Right. You know? And so I can either be frustrated with you or I can bring you a glass of water and put right next to you and say, honey, how about you have a sip? Or, hey, I just made this tweet. How about you take a break? And you do it in a loving way and not like, I can't believe you're working there for eight hours again and you didn't take a dream and we live in Las Vegas and you're going to pass out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because when you do that and you put that person down, how do you want to have a husband or a wife? That's going to be there for you. That, and that you respect. Mm-hmm. Like, I see so many women putting their husbands down all the time, pointing out all their flaws, all their shortcomings, and everything they're not. And what do you end up with? You end up in a relationship where there's no respect. There's a lot of sarcasm and there's a lot of, of just bitterness, you know, and there might be a lot of love, mm-hmm. just that long-term love, but there's no nurturing. The reality right? is, is that you pick somebody that your, your choice, you pick them and you know, you can have a lot of similarities, you know, like, uh, you know, you can like the same essential oils or <laughs> no, but you could, you could have a lot of similarities, yeah. um, but you're never going to have, you're never going to be exactly alike. There's nope. going to be differences. There's cultural differences in two houses that live beside each other. You could be raised and raise your whole life beside the kid next door yep. and there's still going to be cultural differences. And sure. so you have to be tolerant of those things. And I've always found it better to understand somebody, mm-hmm. you know, always better to understand, seek to understand rather than seek to be understood. You know, you understand first because then you know what you're dealing with. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, it makes no sense. You wouldn't go out into the middle of the night into a, a blinding rainstorm without proper a coat and you know rain gear and stuff like that, would you go out there and then just be mad at the weather and start yelling and screaming at the weather because it's raining and you weren't prepared for it? You know, it's, it's incumbent upon you. If you make a choice to spend your life with somebody, learn and understand that person. Right. You know, and, and each of us needs to grow. Each of us needs to learn. And this is something that you and I do. I, think very well is that we evaluate on a daily basis yeah uh where we're going how we're doing 
Um, how are we with our kids? How are we with ourselves and in every aspect of our lives? We are completely different people than we were 12 years ago when exactly. we first started dating. Exactly. You know, and that's one of the things is, is whoever you meet today, just know that you have to grow together all along because you're going to end up waking up one day and it's like, you are just not the same person. No, nobody no. is. No. Everybody you know, grows and changes. Sure. And so the thing is, is that if you're not communicating with that person along the way, identifying problem areas and solving those problems, you know, and processing feelings and processing stuff, if you're not doing that all the way the, along the way, if it's not an everyday thing, mm -hmm. you're going to grow apart. Yes. You know, and it's not because one guy got left behind and the other guy or other person went. No, it's not like that. It's just you're going to grow apart because you're not sharing your life. You're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like we added coal. We've got an extra, an extra child in our home. That affected everybody. Affected everybody. And so it affects like now our time. We get less time together because Cole's on a completely different sleep schedule. And I'm exhausted. And you're up at, you know, you're up in the morning. He's up wide awake, 3.30, 4 o'clock. in yeah, the morning. Every morning, you yeah. know. And so either, you know, we go to, we can go to bed at 8.30 Mm -hmm. You know what I Which mean? Which we try to do, but it doesn't mean um, my body's not used to that cycle. So right. I'm but, just like. But pretty uh, soon, you know, we're not having the same conversations. We're not, you know, if I'm right. getting overtired, I got to sleep or I can't do my work. Right. And uh, because it's just so much work right now. And so I'm sleeping more than you are. So we're just, you know, we're not waking up at the same time and doing our devotions together. And so everything changes, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we don't acknowledge that and then talk through the issues, we will grow apart. Absolutely. It's inevitable. Yep. And so this is an important thing. So I think that communication thing, again, uh, yeah, I, my issue always was as a guy, you flop a problem in front of me, I'll solve the problem and move on. I'm on to the next thing. And that's a bitter disappointment to you because that's not how you get rid of the problem. You mm -hmm. get rid of the problem by talking about it and processing it, and then you'll get clarity, and yep. then you can move on. And so understanding that, I'm working at getting better at that. I think I'm a thousand percent better than I was. I probably need to still make improvements, but uh, you're definitely yeah. a thousand percent than you were. And I think that uh, the only time I, you you call it improvements, I think the only time you are not like attentive to processing it with me is when you are focused on something mm -hmm. else in the middle of a task, right? Mm -hmm. Which is even unfair for me to stop you and derail you from that. And so what I try to do is I try, now it's harder now because of our schedules, but I try to find times where, you know, you we are available and you can just, you, you can't, you don't, you're not worried about this or that or a text well, or an email or a, you know. This is the thing. My brain is, it, during the day, I'm, I'm dealing with five different major projects right now. Right. And so all of those projects, I can't allow myself to get emotional when I'm facing the problems. Mm -hmm. I can't get annoyed with people. I can't, you know, I just have to look at the problem, find a solution, look at the problem, find a solution. And if you keep emotion out of it, you don't dwell on that problem any longer than it was required to understand it. Right. You just dwell on it as briefly as you can to understand it as best as you can and then find a solution for it. And you need the creativity to do that. If I'm angry, I'm dwelling on the problem longer than I should. And if I'm doing that, I'm not spending that same amount of time on the solution. And then I lose the creativity because I'm just angry. Yeah. And so when you're angry, all of the amicable ways that you would solve this are get set off to the side. And so does this guy get a kick in the knee or does he get an F you or does he, you know, I'll do business elsewhere or, yeah. 
you know, or fire the guy or, you know, no. And so to get emotional throughout my work day is suicide for my business. It kills the business. If I don't have the business, I can't provide for my family. You see what I mean? And so to switch gears now and become emotional about everything mm-hmm. is very unhealthy for my day. And so I don't like to do that. And those are times I say, write it down or send me a text or something, yeah. or let's talk later. You know, let's find a time and talk later. And so thankfully you acknowledge that I need that time in order to do what, to do my job because I can't go to an office and do my job. You know, I do my job here at home. And so you respecting that helps me get through my day. And then I want to do the run around the circle thing with you later. I don't mean it's not run around the circle talking circle thing. You know, I wanted, I want to do the whole emotional conversation thing later. And, and I, I gotten better too, because I used to get emotional as well. And then, and then, and then come up with a hard and fast solution for things, you know? Right. So I'd be upset or angry because something was unfair. And then, well, here's how we're going to solve it, you know? Yeah. And that again, wasn't a solution for you. Right. So what I do is I try to listen without getting caught up in the emotion. Cause I don't need the emotion. I don't need to process the problem. You need to process the problem. I need to do that with you. Me getting emotional doesn't help. You can be emotional, but I shouldn't be emotional. Is that fair? Yes, that is fair. And I think that's something, again, it's just absolutely counterintuitive. There's no part of my brain that works that way. But you know what? I I wonder if there are a couple of guys listening to this that will relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably wouldn't spend the time on it that I just did. But, um, but what I found with that is that, you know, when we do that and it works well, you're happier, we're closer. And just everything works better. And if I don't do that, I'm just going to have a wife that's a little more distant, a wife that's telling all her problems to somebody else. And, and then we lose something. And I don't want to lose that something because you're my, you're my world. You know, It's God, you, and then our kids. You know, And that's the most important things to me. So if I got to change a little bit or just understand something, you know, I mean, I can learn about coffee. I can learn about women's fitness wear. I can learn about this. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's true. You're capable. <laughs> yeah, I'm capable. So anyway, I think uh, that's the key. I think is just with all this change, don't get caught up in, in the toxicity of it all. You know, you're not going to change anybody's mind at this point. I mean, that's evident. And if you have somebody in your life that is caught up, instead of getting angry at them, you know, take a step back and say, tell me how you're afraid. feeling. They're fed up. Right. They're, they're, they're going through change. They're losing something. Yeah. You know, I lost Facebook as an outlet. You know, I can't go there and uh, no matter what you post. We don't even have the memes anymore. Somebody. <laughs> so, yeah. Nobody's posting funny memes anymore. No. For a while. I got was, some of the best COVID memes. I I'm know. telling you. That was, uh, that was it. But that's just it. And so, you know, if somebody else is having a hard time in your circle, you know, just do something loving and kind and don't, you know, you don't have to change them. You probably will change them and can change them if you're that shining piece of light or ray of light, shining ray of light. <laughs> Is that a country song? That should be. Should be. But if you're that shining light in the darkness, you do a lot more for them than trying to, you know, wrestle them to the ground and punch common sense into their head, you know? Don't you agree? As you would know. <laughs> As I would know. 
Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Again, blackbean.coffee, check it out. It's a Costa Rican. We started with a Costa Rican bean, and it's a single origin. It's an amazing coffee. Yes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple days with another episode of Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast.